Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. How do bumblebees sign their emails? Swarm. Regards. for Dr. Steve, host of Weird Medicine on Sirius XM 103 and made popular by two really comedy shows, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez, you would have thought that this guy was was a bit of a, you know, a, a clown. Your show was better when you had medical questions. Hey! I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic echographic and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease, so I'm paging Dr. Steve. Dr. Steve! No. It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio. No, a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medical practitioner who gives me street cred with the wacko alternative medicine assholes. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. Also in studio, we have N.P. Mel B. Hello, N.P. Mel B. Hello. We'll be talking to you in just a minute. This is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you have a question, you're embarrassed to take your regular medical provider. If you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347-POOHEAD. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine or at DRScottWM. Visit our website at DrSteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything here with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on the show without talking over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, practical nurse, physician assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian, or whatever. All right. Um, one thing that you might be interested in, and this is new, is um, we're going to be doing a Patreon, and uh, the SiriusXM show will be a little different from the podcast, which is free, and then the Patreon will be a completely different thing. So during uh, the times of trouble, which was during, you know, the lockdown the first year of the podcast, Dr. Scott was banned from the the studio because it's very close quarters. We didn't know what the hell was going on. So my wife, Tacey, was my co-host, and she loves to give me shit, and she likes to drink. 
And uh, she's, you know, I'm not a funny person. She's pretty funny. So uh, people really liked it. Well, we thought we might try, and we're just going to try this, Weird Medicine, the special edition. What the special edition is, it will be 30 to 45-minute podcasts about three times a month with some other old classic weird medicine stuff thrown in at patreon so go to patreon.com slash weird medicine check it out there's a five dollar tier i mean i know everybody's paying for stuff now but some of the stuff we're going to do on there i don't want just kind of out there it needs to be behind a paywall so uh patreon.com slash weird medicine give it a try dr scott will be there some uh i'm sure dj mel b will be there. lady diagnosis <laughs> we're going to do some some more get back to some more fun things and there will be a lot more big joe on that show because it's hard to get her over here when we record this but it'll be easy to do this because we're doing it on saturday and we might record three shows at once and then as she continues to drink, every third show then, see, will be a drinking show. <laughs> or I'll a be drink there show. for that. Yeah, you could just come for that one. That works. Anyway, uh, check out stuff.drsteve.com. It's holiday season for all your holiday shopping. Go to stuff, S-T-U-F-F, dot drsteve.com. Click straight through to go to Amazon or scroll down to see all the stuff we talk about. Um, oh, if you want stocking stuffers tweakedaudio.com use offer code fluid f-l-u-i-d for 33 percent off the best earbuds for the price and the best uh customer service anywhere and then uh don't forget um dr scott's website at simplyherbals.net you got anything on there these days Nothing new. Okay, but it's still got some oh, yeah. good stuff on yeah, there. Yeah. Simplyherbals.net. That's simplyherbals.net. All right. So, uh, yeah, very good. So, welcome to the studio. You already saw Scott and me get to yell at each other for 30 seconds. Very entertaining. <laughs> he's being an asshole. So. <laughs> it is my fault. <laughs> it always is your fault. It's my show, my microphone. That's <laughs> true. You are the commander of the of No, the I'm just, I'm a control freak, and I think other people should be a control freak. And so, you know, I just want her to be able to control her own stuff. That's all. Because it's, uh, you know, but I wouldn't you, want... You didn't see her eyes staring at me begging for help yes i get it yeah she was like so we have a we have a head fight nobody cares about this no. this is you know no. uh, god damn this is about as boring yeah as i get it dude dude wife. i get it okay so it'll just take two seconds you know what never mind it was i was being an <laughs> asshole but i was you know like i said i just would like for everybody to be able to control their own headphone volume but scott was trying to be a uh, gentleman and help the damsel while somebody else was trying to this, get these in crazy yes. cameras well Only that is true the I cameras have a little head <laughs> you have a little <laughs> tiny head i do have a tiny that head. is true my wife has a little tiny head too so you two would get along just well, just fine. And uh, NPN uh, Mel B has uh, done two shots of what, what tequila is that? Let me I see don't it. Know. Whatever you gave me. Oh, it's Luna Azul. Yum. Ooh, Repotado. Okay, very good. 40% out. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm telling you, better speed this show up. Yeah, okay. She's, we're we're going to get on. She's not going to be for long. third one poured. She's not going to be vertical for long. No point in being nervous. Uh, because it's just us and, I don't know, 100,000 people listening to us Is right now. Is that all? Yeah, Never take. Hey, uh, so we should probably just get into it then while you're here. And then I know you. I asked you to bring a medical story. Dr. Mm -hmm. Scott, I sent a bunch of them to him. Yep. And then we're going to take some medical questions. I didn't have time to download any, but we got a million of them that haven't been done yet. Right on. So... Uh, and most of them non-COVID, by the way. But cool. uh, we wanted to, you and I are going to do a video together. Yes. Wait yeah. a minute. Yeah. We're Not, going on TV. Yeah, as soon as the show is over, after she does her fifth shot. <laughs> Scott, <laughs> you're the videographer. <laughs> oh, shit. I may, need a, I may need a shot for this. All right. This is 2021, Harvey. I don't need to shut up with that kind of stupid shit. But um, we are doing a video together. We are. Uh, we got the script the other day, and it has to do with the tale of two COVID t cases. And what this is really about is the fact that 30% of people who are eligible for monoclonal antibodies, which keeps people out of the hospital right. and keeps them from dying, not 100% of the time, but, but way more than if you don't do it, 
uh, are only 30% of people who are eligible are actually getting it. Right. And uh, you have a story of woe, and I have a story of ultimate triumph. So why don't you tell your story first, and then we'll contrast what happened to the two of us. I've never been so sick in my life. Well, you are young and healthy. I am young and healthy. Except? I have autoimmune disorders. Okay, and you don't have to say what they are, but you do. I do. I do have autoimmune disorders. Okay. So I got covid and the first... Do you know how you got it? I do. You don't have to name any names. It was my mother. She loves me so much that she gave me her COVID. <laughs> she just had to share it with you. Honey. She is precious. Yeah. And she gave me the COVID. Gave you the covert? Yep. That's what Big Joe called it. <laughs> well, I've got covert. Yes. And because I was in public uh-huh. and was away from everyone else. Yeah. But sitting next to my mom and felt like that was safe, and I took my mask off. Sure. Shouldn't have. Well, Should have left it on in public. No, but you understand. Right. I mean, you're a nurse practitioner. The mask doesn't protect you from getting it from somebody. It no. protects other people from, from getting, getting it from it. you. Yeah. She didn't have one on either. Yeah. Well, there so you go. So she, that, she was not issue. having any symptoms at the time. Of course. Yeah. Um, she was fine. She started having some symptoms the next day. Okay. Um, it was two days after that that I started having symptoms. So three days after I had contact with her. Yeah. Um, three or four days. And I started and it hit immediately. My nose was running like a sugar tree, just constant. Yeah. Um, fever immediately, body aches, and I went to bed. Okay. I was in the bed for four days now did anybody at this point did your primary care know that you had covid at this point uh that was on a friday i called them first thing monday morning okay you called them first thing monday morning and had a televisit phone Mm -hmm. call um with the doctor and or with the nurse practitioner and never once mentioned the antibodies oh okay well right you know where i'm going right so uh they you told them on it was really okay. So Friday evenings when you got, got sick, sick, right? So Friday evening. Saturday, Sunday, and Monday before evening. So it was f- forty-eight plus. It was less than seventy-two hours. It in. was okay. So you have this visit, and what do they say? Um, they told me they sent me in some uh, steroids. Um, okay. Told me to get some mucinex and vitamins, and to take those. And just symptom management. Really? Some vitamins? Some vitamins. What vitamins would those be? Uh, C and D. Okay, D I'm okay with because mm-hmm. that was sort of common parlance. Yeah. All right. They so, tell you to take zinc? Yes. Oh, they did? Okay. They did zinc. Well, all right. And magnesium. Plus, I take a multivitamin anyway. Yeah. So I kept taking it. Okay. Um, and then what happened? I got sicker. Mm-hmm. And continued running fever. I think I ran a fever for like seven straight days. And just kept getting sicker. The cough started getting bad. And that's when I started having trouble breathing. Mm -hmm. It was about day five or six. Day five or six. Mm -hmm. Okay, so day five or six, you start having, quote unquote, trouble breathing. What Mm -hmm. does that mean? I was just getting real short of breath every time I'd get up uh-huh. and even just walk to the bathroom. Very short of breath. Did um, you have a pulse oximeter? I did. Oh. It was mm. in the low 90s. Give yourself a bill. <laughs> okay. So in the low 90s, a um, couple times got up, got down to like 88, and that's when I called the doctor again. Okay. So on when day. It was in the 80s. And that, what day was that? That was on Thursday of the next week, Thursday morning. Okay, so we're talking right around the seventh day, mm-hmm. sixth, sixth day. Okay, so at day six, you call them, and your oxygen saturation, which for people who don't know, you, your oxygen saturation is something that we can measure uh, multiple ways, but the easiest way to do is with one of these little meters. It passes mm-hmm. a red light, and it can tell from the... Um, Basically, the color that's reflected or tra- I'm sorry, transmitted through your finger, uh, what how much oxygen is your blood is carrying? Right. And normally, it can be a hundred percent. I mean, it can be a hundred percent if you're on oxygen. On room air, it's going to be somewhere between ninety six and ninety eight percent. Right. Okay. It can't go higher than a hundred. No. Okay. So yours was down in the 88, which is when we see people with emphysema and stuff like that that are having a problem. Right. We see those. So this was not normal. 
No, they told me to use uh, my albuterol inhaler. Okay, more so often. albuterol being a, a, an inhaler that um, is a beta, what we call a beta agonist that opens up the uh, airways right. in people who have asthma. So you had asthma too. Um, Why do you have had, an inhaler? I've had asthma okay. for a really long time. Okay, but so very, asthma very, and very autoimmune disorder. Mm-hmm. disorder. Uh, so Thursday they started talking about getting me the antibodies because I mentioned it to my provider. So you brought it up. I did because a good friend of mine. <laughs> okay. A good friend of mine told me I should. Who was that? You. Oh me. Oh, Give yeah. yourself a bill. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So they scheduled me. So, yeah, you was, called me and said, I'm sicker and shit. And yes. I said, go get the antibodies. You need to have the antibodies. Right. So then you mention it to them and then they go, oh, OK. Right. So they got me scheduled for first thing Friday morning. Friday morning. Yes. So this is a week into it. Yes. OK. Uh, so I, the limit's 10 days. 10 days. OK. So I go to get my antibodies the next morning. Um, they could not get an IV on me. I was still running a fever. Um, at that God, point, my oxygen. That's a long time to run a fever. Yeah, I was miserable. Adult. I was so confused. Um, but at that point, my I think my blood pressure was 70s over 40s. Ooh. My heart rate <laughs> was steady in the 40s. There was a couple. Yeah, you were bradycardic. I was very bradycardic. Okay, so for people, that's I just used a bunch of jargon because we're in the same thing. Bradycardia means slow heart rate, right? And it's defined as a heart rate lower than fifty, so that is abnormal. God, how, did you walk in there? I did, barely. Wow, I was exhausted. Yeah. So they get me in the chair and hook me up to all the things, and at that point they were asking me questions about my disease progression. You know how things mm-hmm, had gone over mm-hmm, the last mm-hmm. week. Why um, did you wait so long? Right. Um, you know, why I still had a fever. And at that point, whenever I was talking, my oxygen was dropping down. Uh, the lowest it got was like 78%. Oh. And when that happened, the heart rate went down into the 30s. And then they said. And I saw the monitor and I thought, this is it. <laughs> yeah. And this, is, this is where it goes bad. So if you had not been yakking. Your heart, your oxygen saturated would have been uh, saturation. It was steady uh, in the 80s. Oh, it was still in the 80s. Right. So they still wouldn't have done it. No. Okay. So they wouldn't do it. Because I was just thinking, you know, if you hadn't been ratchet John, maybe you could have gotten the infusion. But anyway, I'm I'm getting ahead of the story. So go ahead. So at that point, they wouldn't give me the infusion. Yep. They couldn't get an IV started anyway. Yep. They sent me to. You know, you don't need an IV to do these. They talked about doing it sub Q. Yep. Okay. So Um, you can do it subcutaneously, meaning that you do four injections in the abdomen under the skin. So, yeah. Um, They decided that that might not be the best idea because they were terribly afraid I was going to crash. Mm -hmm. So they were getting ready to call an ambulance. I told them my mom was outside, my sweet, caring, giving mother. Who also (laughs) has COVID. Who also has COVID, uh, was outside in the car. (laughs) Breaking isolation, but you do what you need to do (laughs) for your kids. Yeah, she stayed in the car. She just drove me to the facility and stayed in the car. So I told them she was in the car and she could take me. So I just got in the car with her, and she drove me to the hospital. They called the emergency room, told them you were yes, coming. They we got did. a COVID positive patient coming, and she's close to crumping. Yes. And then what? So they brought me in, gave me some fluids, which helped mm, put me on oxygen, with, which also helped. Mm. Uh, as soon as they put me on two liters of oxygen, my I came up. I was back up in the nineties with yeah. that. So that was when they called my doctor and. Got everything set up for oxygen at home and let me go home because I would not stay. These are folks, well, and they, listen, um, these days, particularly at, at that time when we were getting cr- crushed with COVID cases, right, it was bad. they were sending people home with oxygen who normally we would have admitted. Mm-hmm. So I'm suspecting they might not have wanted to admit you in the first place mm-hmm. because you're you are otherwise young and otherwise you know healthy and were stable otherwise but right. that that's a little touch and go so you never did get the antibodies i never did get the antibodies yeah so uh what you don't know is when you were going to the hospital i was calling some people and saying listen if she dies there's going to be hell to pay <laughs> well i appreciate that my <laughs> kids do too 
I was kind of, I think on the phone. Because I was a little worried at the time. Yes. On the way to the hospital, I was on the phone with you. And I think those were my exact words. Yeah. Don't let me die. Yeah. Yeah, well, like I had something to do with <laughs> fixing that. But anyway, uh, the good news is you are young and healthy. But are you back to normal? No. Okay. So how long has it been? <laughs> how long has it, it been? It has been since the end of August. 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 So the end of August. So let's just mm-hmm. say for September. So all of September mm-hmm. and now all of October. Yes. Because we're, we're recording this on October 27th. And what is not normal? Uh, my voice, for one. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was just your sexy, smoking <laughs> voice. People are going to get me for sexy, smoky <laughs> your voice. vocal yeah. fry, but that actually you can't do anything about it. No, that's yeah. it. Yeah. This, this is me. Yeah. <laughs> This is me now. Your voice doesn't normally sound like this. Not quite, no. So your voice, you can deal with that because your right. your voice actually sounds pretty hot now. Aww. I say we need a singer for a band, a crusty, crusty, yeah. a female voice. Can Perfect. you sing? Because yeah. uh, no. he sure can. I sure can. Uh, yeah. No. Perfect. It's bad. Then you'll be great. Okay. Well, <laughs> Perfect. You two will be perfect. <laughs> we need to get you right in. Do a duet <laughs> with <laughs> Sky. Our harmonies will be perfect. <laughs> that, that, as long as everyone's on, deaf. We might be on to something. We might, after this is over... We, the people who are listening on the live stream, we might try that. That's right. <laughs> yes, she'll have her third shot. Actually, Scott has really got a great voice. Yeah. He just needed some training. I but. really do not. Yeah. Yeah, okay. One more shot to tequila and you think you will. Anyway. You'll, that is true. Please you stop bullshitting. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah. So, you're not, so your voice, what else? So my voice. Um, it has caused inflammation in my thyroid. Mm-hmm. And so I'm waiting for an appointment to see if we're going to leave my thyroid in or take it out. Really? Yeah, my thyroid, like all my hormones, the TSH and yeah. my free T4, everything's a little off. You still on steroids? Uh, no, not okay. on steroids anymore. Did you gain weight or lose weight with all I've of this? I've gained weight. Okay. Probably because of the thyroid. I know I did. Um, but yes, I've probably gained maybe 10 or 15 pounds since okay. I had COVID. Yeah. Well, I still can't smell real good. No. So no. Can't smell. But I can taste. Gained weight. Okay, good. You can taste um, shortness of breath? Um, Occasionally, if okay. I really push. So my story is a little different. It is. I'm, what, 30 years older than you are? At least. Right? Uh, At least. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, not 30. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I'm 66, so you don't have to say, but I'm Okay. All right, You're so. 20 years older than me. <clears throat> okay, 25, 20. <laughs> Couple, yeah. yeah. Well, you I'm don't, 27. You don't, I'm, I was thinking <laughs> you, you were like in your low 30s. But, Aww, um, are you sweet? <clears throat> no, for real. Well, I'm just terrible at it. If they hired me at the carnival to gauge people's weight, I would just be giving prizes away right and left. <laughs> they would lose so much you money on me. You would fail. But I always think people are younger than they are. Uh, um, but... I could have just let that compliment lie, and I just had to ruin it by saying that. But mm-hmm. anyway, no, you do. You look, to me, you You're look sweet. very young. So um, <clears throat> I'm 66. I did get the antibodies. You did. Day, day, really day one, if you think say. about it. I, within the first 24 hours, mm-hmm. I got them. And uh, because I was in the Pfizer trial, what we have is this diary that you have to fill out. And the diary has to be filled out once a week. As a matter of fact, I need to do it today. And I'll do it while Not we're, now. we're, Not we're now. talking. No, Not I'm going to do it wrong while we're now. talking. Yeah, it'll just take two seconds. <laughs> multitasking. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm multitasking. Oh, Scott, no. go fuck yourself. <laughs> and then. Um, oh, the cameras are crashing. Here it is. Here, yeah, <laughs> the stupid cameras. So uh, it's really just a one-question survey, and it asks me, have you experienced any of the following? A diagnosis of COVID-19, fever, yes. new or increased cough, and so I'm going to say no. I click next, and I click save. Now, so the Pfizer trial, they weren't looking to see if people were infected. They were looking to see if people were sick because they never, that I remember, yanked me in to just do a PCR test because that's how you would tell if people had asymptomatic disease, right? And uh, maybe there were a couple of times that we had to come in for a routine visit and they would test us. But other than that, what they were really looking at was this diary. And the diary, I was telling them I wasn't sick, wasn't sick, wasn't sick until I was. And the day that I said I was sick, um, they called me right away. 
said, hmm. oh, you answered yes on this. Hmm. We need to get you in. And I said, okay. And so I had to drive over there. Hmm. And I had a fever of 103 mm-hmm. um, and drove over, uh, and this was day two. I found out 4 p.m. on Monday that I had it. On 10 a- By 10 a.m. on Tuesday, I was over there. They brought the PCR test out for me to do. I did it in, in my car. And then they tested it. They did the 20-minute, found that it was positive, and said, do you want the antibodies? And I'm like, well, hell yeah, I do. Now, this was my wife's birthday, by the way. She had the <laughs> shittiest birthday that, that night. You know, here I am. I'm still, after you get it, you feel like shit. You still have a fever. Yes. And she's like, I'm not even opening my presents. So my, no. my birthday is the week after. So we celebrated our birthday on the, um, you know, on the next day, uh, on, on my birthday. We celebrated both of ours together. But anyway, um, she uh, took me up. And they did the four injections. Felt like I'd been hit by a brick truck or a Mack truck or a brick, a ton of bricks. I, I mixed a couple of metaphors there. And uh, they said you're going <laughs> to feel like shit after you get it. You might feel mm-hmm. worse before you feel better. And I absolutely did. I felt like a pile of crap. I had myself isolated up here in the studio, and then I have a room down there with a bathroom. I put up a, um, a sheet and just kept us separate. And But the next morning, 5 in the morning, 17 hours after getting the, the antibody injection, I woke up and I looked at the ceiling. I said, what is wrong? And I was like, wait a minute, I feel normal. Hmm. That's awesome. That's and cool. I, uh, I've told this story before, but I, it probably bears in this context telling it again. And uh, my my fever was gone. My temp was 98.6. And my mm-hmm. oxygen saturation, which had started to drop, it never got below 95, was back up to 99 That's on room awesome. air. And then, you know, I didn't miss a day of work. No, you kept working from I home. did. I, I did telehealth from, from home, and I did meetings and stuff like that. So, yeah, I didn't take a single day of no. of, of sick leave. So a little different. How long were yeah. you out? I was out of work, what, for three weeks? I think yeah. two and a half, three weeks. Yeah, so you did the 10 days and still just weren't no, ready to come back. No, I was exhausted. So, and then when I did come back to work, it was all I could do just yeah. to get through the day. Yeah. I, was, I came straight home and just crashed. Yeah. I was exhausted. So the moral of the story is if if you meet the criteria for Mm -hmm. getting these, you should get them. And primary care providers that are listening to this, think about it. This is the problem. They didn't think about it in you because you are young and healthy. They were like, well, we just give her zinc and stuff. But really, you met criteria day one. I did. Because of your autoimmune disorder. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, my and mom, your asthma, really. my mother yep. and her husband, yep. um, she is 70. Okay. He is 80. Yeah. Um, they both got sick, you know, the same day. Yeah. Their physician ordered it for them. The day that they showed up to mm-hmm. get the, um, let's see. They, it oh, was I remember this story. About day five. Which is still, in my opinion, too long. We need to, mm-hmm. the earlier we do this, the better. Because I'm wanting to think it was... Wednesday when they tested positive, it was early the next week when they went to get yeah. the medicine because that's when I went down yeah, there. Yeah, we got to work on streamlining this. Getting everybody in. Yep. So they showed up to get it. Um, he was way, way, way too sick. He left there in an ambulance because mm. he was crashing. Yeah. Um, my mom, they did give her um, the injections, and she had them in her abdomen um, yep. because she didn't want to wait yep. because she wanted to get the hospital with him. Yeah. Um, and he was, he got in and they wanted to intubate him immediately. Wow. And he refused, being 80 years old. He Good just said, him. absolutely not. Um, they did BiPAP on him and he was on BiPAP that. is non-invasive in ventilation where right. that, you know, it's a mask and it, you get a good seal and then there's pressure in and pressure out. Right. So, okay. so they, they put him on that and he was on that for days. Yeah. Um, and he was in the hospital for two weeks, I think, almost. Mm. Before they let him finally get home. And he's still very weak. He's not on, he's on oxygen when he sleeps. Yeah. But that's it. And he was never on oxygen before. And you're not committing a HIPAA violation because no. these are family he's members. and family. They, and I did not treat him. Yeah, right. And also they gave you permission to talk about yes. it. Yes. Okay. So, uh, yeah, wow. 
Crazy. Now, mm-hmm. all of, three of you had been vaccinated, though, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. So it happens. Mm-hmm. And the fact that all three of you are alive may have something very significantly to do with the fact yes. that you had cellular immunity, even though you might not have had humoral immunity. And uh, our our listenership, is you know, they're pretty sophisticated. So they understand the difference between cellular immunity, which are the memory B cells and T cells and those things that will remember this but take a while to generate uh, the ability to kill viruses, and then antibodies that are just floating around, and uh, that's humoral immunity uh, that uh, can prevent you from getting infected in the first place. So, all right, good deal. Have you had your booster yet? No, You have to wait yet. 90 days, right? 90 days, so yeah. planning on it next month. Yeah, I, I have to get mine, I think, December 7th because I had my infusion on September 7th. So, there you go. Boost, for your booster? Yep. I got mine last, Did last you? Friday. Yep. Good. It whipped my ass for about 24 hours. Did it? Oh, mother. Yeah. I wonder if it's going to okay whip though. my ass as bad no. as the Shingrix one did. I don't think the so. The Shingles one. No, I don't think so. You don't no, think my, so. My, my, mine was 24 hours pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was four days with that Shingrix. <laughs> but it's. I recommend people get it mm-hmm. because it's better than getting shingles in your eye. Ooh, yes. Or anywhere else. And then anywhere. Post, and well, and then post-herpetic neuralgia, you know, the pain that pers- can persist for for years, if not the rest of your lifetime, in your eye. Because mm. that's one of the places you can get it. Mm-hmm. Now, and then Dr. Scott and I are always talking about how getting the um, cystoscopy when you're a male uh, sucks so bad, but we still recommend people get it if yeah. they need it. It wasn't that bad. It just sucked. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, it sucked really bad. But the the reason we talk about that is more because it's hilarious that the urologist puts jelly on the end of the of the you know, the endoscope, the cystoscope before they jam it in your penis. And uh, they, it, all that does is make them feel better. It doesn't make us feel better. No, it doesn't help. No. Anyway, you guys have a shorter run, so it's not so bad. It's still not pleasant. Have you had one? No. Oh, well, then you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's see. Do we... Uh, okay. Oh, and you guys brought some stories, right? Mm-hmm. NPL, Mel B, you were going to bring a story. What did you bring for us today? Um, well, what's the strangest thing you've ever found in a vagina? The strangest thing? That would be Dr. Scott's penis. Yes. <laughs> yes, but only... <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, de- I deserve that. Mm. Why would I find that? That joke doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Unless it was severed. Yeah. That would be strange. Yeah, that'd be weird. Okay. Yeah. But I, so uh, I have found some things, mostly old tampons. That has happened. Where I've... people will have intercourse when they are having their period sometimes, and they'll just push the tampon up and say, oh, well, I'll take it out later and then forget about it. Right. And then they'll, the next morning, they'll put another one in and take that one out, but they leave the, the, the old one the in. The old one in. And you can usually tell that that's happening because the smell is... Horrid. Outrageous. <laughs> Worse than C. diff. Yeah, and when you... <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a sweet smell. Yeah, sweet. C. diff does kind of have kind sort of, of a sweet, sweet shitty that's smell. What we're talking about is Clostridium diff- difficile or <laughs> d- Clostridium difficile, depending on how you pronounce your Latin. Difficile. And uh, it is a, um, it, you know, it's a bacterial infection, Clostridium... Uh, difficile in the bowel that causes a thing called pseudomembranous colitis. Don't worry about what that is. But it does have a distinctive smell and there are some nurses and some ID people and a few of us that have been in the business long enough that can tell it just by smelling it. Oh yeah, you can walk down the hall. Yeah, and you know there's, know a, CDF. there's a CDF yeah. patient But anyway, somewhere. so yeah, so, it yes, smells worse, worse than that. Worse than that. Yeah. Terrible smell. Yeah, it's just a rotten... I can't describe it. No. Like, you know, there's protein, sort of rotten protein smell, and um, just the odor of, 
you know, 10,000 10, times worse than any bad breath you've ever smelled. If there's, you know, horrible dental caries, which are really mm-hmm. kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. But it's caused by anaerobic bacteria mostly. Yes. And it just it has a gray black slime on that tampon when you finally remove it. Yes. And then that takes care of it. Once you get rid of it, the vagina can take care of itself. So that's probably the worst thing I've ever found. Mm-hmm. Tell us your story. Most interesting thing yes. is... Hang on one second. Hey, can we get some music for this, please? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, thank you. No, no, I'm some ready music now. now. No, I'm ready now, yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a Coke bottle cap. Okay. <laughs> okay, tell us this story. So... Now, is this somebody, did you read this, or is this a true story? Okay, so you heard about it. Right, I heard okay, about it. you heard it. about it. Okay, yeah. tell us, because so, we got to be careful. A male and female patient come in, mm-hmm. um, concerned that they may have contracted an STD and okay. wanted to be checked. Uh, the male complained of lesions on the tip of his penis. Okay. And wanted those looked at to see if maybe he had something. Okay. She complained of a discharge and an odor. Okay. So after the patients were separated and the exam took place, the lesions on his penis appeared to be abrasions, which is really strange. Mm -hmm. And um, he, you know, had no idea how they got there, but were not like herpatic. Yeah. Weren't wart looking. Right, so they weren't caused by herpes. They didn't look like genital warts. That's right. So then the exam took place on the female. Yeah. <laughs> where the Coke <laughs> bottle cap was discovered. Interesting. Yes. So come to find out, they didn't have an STD. They were both accusing yeah, yeah, yeah. each other of cheating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Didn't have an STD. Can you imagine? Jeez Louise. Um Putting, you know, having intercourse and abrading your penis on a Coke bottle cap. How'd that get up there? Do we know? Mm, no telling. Okay, maybe, sat maybe, on it. Maybe yeah. she was showing off and she was showing how she could open the Coke bottle. That's what I wondered, though. <laughs> that's what well. I'm asking. Yeah, instead of a beer bottle. Can you imagine Coke trying bottle? to be able to do that? That's That'd be very difficult to do. <laughs> It'd be funny. <laughs> That'd be frightening. Is what it would be. Oh, my word. Yeah, if you could do that with your vagina, that would be frightening. That yeah. is true. Because Why would you want to? It's hard to do. Show off. <laughs> I've seen people do it with their teeth, and it takes a lot of force, and I would not recommend that. That's a horrible thing to do to your teeth. Mm-hmm. No. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that is an odd one. Usually the answer is I sat on it. That's the fiction that we have agreed between patients and emergency room people that if you come in with a Coke bottle or a um, uh, an aubergine or a uh, carrot or a zucchini, <laughs> could I name more fruits? Banana. Up, a banana up your ass and you can't get it out, we will accept that you sat on it if you tell us that because nobody wants to really know how that happened. Right. We know how it happened, and but we'll let you save face by saying that you sat on it. Light bulbs. I've seen light bulbs. The weirdest thing I ever saw on an x-ray was 12 Barbie heads shoved up somebody's ass. And now this, yeah, this was a stock x-ray. I, I, I'm not violating anyone's confidence because it wasn't one of my patients but <laughs> it's 12 barbie well if you're gonna stuff that up, well if you're gonna do one you might yeah, as well do 12 go for it yeah go for it so anyway go crazy okay that's a good one yeah that's a good one all right what do you got dr sky i sent you several no i don't have anything good no 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 well, i actually no actually we have a couple good that's ones. a comment on the things i sent you i get it a couple we have a couple good ones okay um there was one about the uh, STD. Did yeah, you have yeah. that one. Yeah, the uh, the Don the Donovan um, Donovanosis. Well, okay, that's ruining the surprise. But yes, how the hell did that ruin a surprise? Because <laughs> you're I'm telling everybody what the person thing. had. Well, like they're gonna know it is a sexually trained. Maybe I had something lined up when you said Donovanosis to play um, lime in the coconut or something. Oh, okay. Well, hey. But okay, let's start this all over. It's okay. So the, in, in Britain, they have uh, a, a sexually transmitted infection <clears throat> that is um, 
it, it's a flesh-eating bacteria, and it come and they, I guess they they present to the emergency department with um, some infected wounds, and they they do a little scrape and find this crazy thing called. Yeah, I actually don't have anything lined up. Donovan, knows I was just saying I could have right, and it's oh god, it's grand. <laughs> 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 That's what I said. I might have had something, oh, but it, I'm just effing with you, asshole. Don't worry about it. It's um, it's called granuloma inguinale, and the th- the thing is, is that there's it, nothing new about it. But no, they, but it sounds horrendous. I know, and they have been having these clickbait headlines saying flesh eating sexually transmitted disease. It is not. It is not flesh eating. No. It is. It looks like it is because Dr. Scott, talk about what it looks like. Well, all I can tell you is what it says here. It's got. It looks like ulcers. Yeah. Bloody sores. Right. Around on the genitals, and it just. I guess it looks awful and feels probably worse. Yeah, it's slow-growing, open lesions directly on the genitals in both men and women. Now, one in ten people will have ulcers in the area around the genitals and the anus and even, of course, in the mouth. And they're usually painless at first, which makes some people think they have syphilis because they know that starts as a painless lump. But syphilis will usually start as a chancre, which is a lump that then divides in two and then divides in four and then divides, you know, further and then disappears eventually. And then you think it's over, but it ain't. Just like Lyme disease. Yeah, it um, it hides for a while and then comes out later and really f's you up. So, but they start as firm raised bumps, call we call them nodular lesions, and then they split open into lesions. Now, could you get flesh eating bacteria from this? You certainly could, um, if your hygiene is bad and when these things open up and the right bacteria get in there, it could be a problem. Did you get um, the four types of Donovanosis, Doctor Scott? I didn't know um, if you had that in that. No, I did not. So there's four types. One is ulcerogranulomatosis. Granulomatosis. This is the most common. They're, they're beefy red in appearance. I hate it when they use food analogies to <laughs> to talk about these things. Um, I remember. Oh, this you know this this abscess is about the size of a tangerine. Well, that was the end of my eating tangerines for a while. Mm. You know. So don't use. Please, journalists, don't use um, uh, don't use food analogies. But anyway, beefy red in appearance, and it gets grainier, and then lots of tiny blood vessels, and then they usually don't hurt, but they bleed easily. And then there's the hypertrophic ones, and these look uneven, and they're usually completely dry, but they look more like warts, but they're not. And then there's the necrotic ones that grow deeper into the skin. And then there are these ones that are fibrous that looks like scar tissue. So, I just looked it up. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you got a picture of it? Oh, it looks horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah, Google image that one. Yeah, uh, that can't feel good. Yeah, just mm. a donovanosis. And then the bacteria Klebsiella granulomatosis uh, infects this area, and that's what causes it. So it is a bacterium. And Klebsiella is a shitty one. It causes blood infections and urinary tract infections in people that are susceptible to it. Anyway. All right. That's a good one, Dr. Scott. I'll give you you one of these. Give yourself a bill. All right. What else you got? Oh, and do they talk about the treatment in that one? Yeah, amputation. (laughs) Shit. I think if I had a penis and it looked like that, I'd probably want to cut it off. Yeah, but if you take a Z-pack, it'll get better. That's the great thing. <laughs> All right, azithromycin you, you wanna, cures azithromycin. everything. Azithromycin. Do you want to do the um, you do whatever the you flu want. strain being being? Ooh, that's a good one. Being, or, uh, you and I have talked about that. Yeah, yeah. The, actually, that was that was our we, a couple of shows back. We tried to prove or shows that there have been a couple of good things to come from COVID. Yeah, and this one, is one of them. Yeah, and this is one one article Dr. Steve found the other day, which was the pandemic may have driven a flu strain into extinction. And they said, don't be too happy just yet because really? it'll take a season or two to, to, to come okay. with a final. Yeah, if there's one person yeah, out there infecting of, somebody with it. Kind oh. of determination. But it looks like influenza B, also known as the Yamagata. Yeah. 
is one of four strains regularly included in annual flu shots. <laughs> but what it looks like is because of the COVID and our um, social distancing and mask wearing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that may be gone away forever. And one of the things is there's no animal reservoir for this. Yeah, right. If it has no if it has no host, it has no life. Which That's is right. cool. That's only infects Keep it to yourself. humans. Keep it to yourself. Yamagata lineage of influenza B only. That's right. Infant only infects humans. And Dr. Scott and I discovered this. I mean, we we weren't the discoverers of it, but for, we discovered it for ourselves. We hypothesized. Yeah, we when we were calculating what um, why we weren't seeing flu cases, and we calculated uh, in the beginning of the pandemic what the um, uh, infectability of COVID-19 was, and one person can infect 2.4 people with the old school, you know, uh, COVID. Now it's up to between five and nine with this Delta variant, which is what you and I got. Mm-hmm. But um, at 2.4 people, well, it turns out influenza, we looked it up, it's like 1.2. It's half of COVID-19. Well, when we have an influenza pandemic, at least in the most recent Days like 2009, we had one. We didn't do anything. Right. But uh, the social distancing and the mask wearing and the washing of our hands and all the things that we did to modify the course of the COVID 19 pandemic just totally destroyed this influenza B strain. And good. Yeah, so be. Every thing that infects humans, uh, bacteria, I mean, viruses can kiss my ass. They, they, they don't do anything good. Can you think of one good thing? Well, I mean, we came up with some maybe good things maybe that good came things. from the from the pandemic. But the viruses themselves, they just they infect other people and multiply to what? For, to what end? They're not trying to go to outer space or learn about new dimensions so that we can get the hell out of this universe when it finally, you know, goes to heat death. All of those things. They're not doing anything. They're not creating art. Screw them. <laughs> Be gone. De- death to all pathogenic viruses. And I I had somebody email me, well, you know, you don't want to do that because some viruses are good. And it's like, okay, well, show me. And there have been some mutations. There is viral DNA in our species DNA, so they probably had something to do with some mutations that happened to us. Maybe they were good. Maybe they were bad. Maybe we'd be super geniuses now if it wasn't for the dumbass viral DNA in our DNA. But um, So I even say that it was. That's not what I'm talking about. Influenza, what good does it do? COVID None. or any of the coronaviruses just decrease productivity and you know what these effing viruses uh all coronaviruses even the quote-unquote good ones that cause common colds they still kill people yeah kill about ten thousand a year is what's estimated it might be higher than that but we never tested for them before no. it was just ah, it was some viral pneumonia killed them and nothing we can do about it this is some bullshit mm-hmm. war on all viruses we got rid of okay this is two down dr scott Mm-hmm. Smallpox and influenza B Yamagata strain. You know, oh, that's two down, about a, a, a jillion more to go, but we need to get rid of them. <laughs> you know, start slow. Start slow, Dr. Steve. Do you think the Star Trek universe, do you think they have viruses that attack humans in that, in that thing? We all want to live in Star Trek. That'd be fun. It's cool. Didn't... Go to Mars, because Mars is cool. All right enough with my soapbox but it just pisses me off these viruses fuck covid yeah thank you okay well (laughs) which um yeah you're really sticking your neck out like i am (laughs) Ooh, he's really taking a stance he's good i like it (laughs) so am i gonna have to get you an uber are you okay over there what i got i got kids what number is that four Oh, At least somebody's okay. Counting. I didn't. Okay. I got you back. You're fine. Sister. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> but remember, you're you're your own control freak. So I Doc, am you, Dr. And Scott I can reach my of, own volume button. That's right. That's right, right Doctor Scott. You. My arms are long enough. All right. Uh, where are we? Let's. Uh, you got any more? Or should we do some? 
You want to do some questions? Uh, we can do some questions. We um, did you have another one? No, the um, the uh, a guy Ryan on on YouTube did have a a, a good point. Okay. What's that? Real, real quickly, he was talking about the uh, Cleveland Clinic study done showing that intranasal steroids do do help stop the tra- the transmission of, of that COVID. That makes sense. And, and I think that the fact that I used intranasal steroids from day one also did protected you? me from losing my sense of uh, smell. And I, well, I found a study on that, and they thought they agreed. It was a very small study, but they thought that that helped. You know why? Mm. Yeah. Because mm. I do. Yeah. No, I mean, do you want me to tell you real quick? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it says, that they, they say what happens is the steroid blocks the ACE2 <clears throat> receptor sites in the inside the nose. What? Which is which is which is what which is which is where the the SARS COVID enters those cells. Yes, of course, yeah. And then when it enters those cells, then it's then it's transmitted all over the body. So just by blocking some of the cells in there. So they're saying that corticosteroids block blocked at ACE the ACE, ACE inhibitor. I mean the ACE receptor. Yep, the ACE two receptor. That's correct. Oh, okay. All right. And they're not saying, but the great thing is they're not saying it's a cure for it. But what they're saying no, no. that does help, but it also sh- really emphasizes the importance of the the nasal mucosa and transmission of, of, of viruses. But you know where so I got kind it? Of I didn't get it from my nose. No, I got it from my yeah, eye. Yeah, yep. yeah. Was, and I didn't stick my stupid finger in my eye either. I had somebody, you know, spewed COVID. Not me. Virus? No, one you. <laughs> viruses into my eye, even with full. Uh, personal protective equipment on mm-hmm. because that's the one vulnerable place yep so now if you could if you if i had been wearing swim goggles i might not have uh, <laughs> that one that one that hurt, one i right? felt just a little bit <laughs> okay. mm, yummy there you go <laughs> hey when she takes another shot dr scott you should go to that that three shot <laughs> i got it buddy i'm already on it all right Oh, okay. Are you? Okay. What I'm seeing is the two shot. It's a little delayed. delayed, We're still working out this camera thing, y'all. We're working on it. So those that are listening to this on the radio, we are um, broadcasting to a live audience, which is kind of fun. It makes it feel more... I don't know. I have a different energy. A live audience? So (laughs) they could call right now? Yeah. They could. And they're they're actually actually talking to me via... Yeah, I mean, Dr. Scott chats, yep. stays in touch with them. And if they have any questions, Scott, throw them at us. Let's do, um, let's do one of these. Number one thing, don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. All right. Let's <laughs> see here. Uh, yeah, I wanna, I've been wanting to do this one for a little while. Hey, Dr. Steve. It's Albert from Albuquerque. Hey, Albert. How are you doing? Good, man. How are you? Great. Hey, listen, I wanted to... Uh, I was just listening to you, and you're talking about Suboxone re- related to opioids. Okay. And I happen to have, uh, you know, a relation um, or someone I know that has an issue with and had an issue with heroin. Okay. And has successfully gotten off of heroin with the use of um, methadone. I think that might be the same as Suboxone. I'm oh, not sure. It's not, but, but we can talk uh, about it. Despite, you know, her getting through this, she's done great. Um, it has an impact on your dental situation so she's got uh issues with teeth and i've seen this quite a bit and uh man if we could figure that out because the stigma of getting off of heroin is bad enough god bless the people who can um and uh yeah but then to be kind of scarred with kind of that badge of uh the recovery yeah. i think is, is, is well um i wonder if she was doing more than heroin if you're doing methamphetamine, mm-hmm. you certainly uh, it's a mouth. yeah you get a constriction of the blood vessels that feed the teeth and then and also but the other thing is it can happen with heroin as well because when you are just strung out you're not taking care of your teeth it's the last thing you're thinking about right and if you're sleeping with your mouth open your mouth dries out and then you know it just you know it's bad so um, one thing is. Uh, there, there are some programs in some places that will that will take people who have no money, because usually, when you get that bad, uh, it's hard. You, you're not making any money, so the, and can work on their teeth and do cosmetic dentistry on them or just fix their teeth. Uh, let me just talk a little bit about the difference between methadone and suboxone. You want to take this one? You know. Hell, you're in this field. No, you don't want to. No, no you're too, too wasted. Snockered. <laughs> Probably not a good idea. Just for another the, tequila. For the one who is impaired to talk about methadone and suboxone. But mm-hmm. uh, methadone is an opioid, a.k.a. a narcotic in the common parlance. Uh, people think that it blocks uh, n- 
other opioids. It does not. It is a pure, what we call mu opioid agonist, but also has other uh, uh, effects, including the um, the delta opioid uh, receptor, which is probably what gives it its potency. And it also works against uh, a receptor called N-methyl-D-aspartate, which is the NMDA receptor. That's not apropos to this, but it is involved in neuropathic pain or the pain from nerve damage. So people with severe nerve damage from cancer or cancer chemotherapy that can't be treated with anything else, they've tried Duloxetine, which is the drug of choice, or gabapentin, which is on the list. They've tried all these things and nothing works. Sometimes a very low dose of of an NMDA receptor blocker, which would be methadone, will actually help them. So that's uh, so that's what methadone is. The reason the federal government uses it uh, in these um, methadone clinics is because it's dirt cheap and it has a long um, a duration of action. So they could use transdermal fentanyl patches if they wanted to, but they're like 10, 15 bucks a piece. Or they could use uh, extended release oxycodone, which is known as oxycontin, but it's crazy expensive. This stuff's just dirt cheap. That's really what's good about it. Now, Suboxone is a combination of two drugs naloxone, which is an opioid blocker, and uh, buprenorphine, which is what we call a, a, a com- combined agonist antagonist. So if you give that to someone while they are high on an opioid, it will kick them into withdrawal. because Not because of the naloxone, though, because that doesn't go through the GI tract. Uh, but because the um, so the buprenorphine will knock it off, it will compete with the heroin, for example, and it will knock them off and then it will cause uh, withdrawal. But if the patient is just a little bit dope sick and you give it to them, uh, oh, now it'll hit those receptors the right way and they'll feel good. And that's why they'll use it. And you say, well, it's still, both of these are still opioids. Yes, but they're getting them under controlled, in, in a controlled environment. They're not copping on the street anymore. They can get it and you can maintain them for a long time. The reason the naloxone is in there is if you shoot it up, now the naloxone will work and it'll, it'll prevent it from working. So anyway, so there you go. Very interesting stuff. And uh, I hope that your uh, your family member will uh, get the help that they need with their teeth and that they stay off the stuff. And I'm very proud of them for doing that. All right. Well, I guess we better get out of here. I've got to get Dr. Scott to uh, what are you doing? Hot yoga? Hot yoga. Really? It, it's, no, it's not hot yoga. It's just it's it GN technically, Y-I-N, yin yoga. What is that? You sit, stretch, meditate, let just things get really long. Okay. It's wonderful, and there's no... I had my first out of... No effort to it. First and only out-of-body experience. No, not only, but my first (laughs) non... I have those often. Non-induced out-of-body experience uh, doing yoga. And it was on TV. It was um, that guy on the the Oprah channel. What was that, O or whatever? O. Yeah. Yeah, and what was his name? I don't remember... Ah, crap. But he's on YouTube, and he played kind of funky music and stuff, and he did. He was real funny. And um, he had some people that could take, you know, stand on one foot and then take their knee and put it up against their ear and, you know, with their foot, the other foot pointing straight up. And then he had other people like me that just were just... But it, it turns out what the yogis will tell you is that even if you just try to attain those poses, you'll get the same benefit as the people who are actually doing the poses. See, I do those poses, but I don't call it yoga. Oh, (laughs) Uh, okay. Well, time for us to get out of here. Uh, This is look at the hour. It's getting late. It's like well, and you know, I hate to sound like that, but it's now all of a sudden become a uh, um, what do they call it? A hostile workspace. So we (laughs) (laughs) want to get in trouble later. We can't forget uh, Dr. Scott. Thank you, Dr. Scott. Uh, NP Mel B. You are a delight to have in the studio. Uh, We can't forget Rob Sprance, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes. Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Teff, that Gould girl, Lois, Lois Johnson, Lewis Johnson, Paul Ofcharsky, 
uh, Chowdy1008, Eric Nagel, the Port Charlotte whore, uh, uh, NPMLB, uh, <laughs> listens to our show. The Saratoga Skank as well. Roland Campos, sister of Chris, Sam Roberts, she who owns pigs and snakes. Pat Duffy, Dennis Falcone, Matt Kleinschmidt, Dale Dudley, Holly from the Gulf, Steve Tucci. Uh, the great Rob Bartlett, Vicks Nether Fluids, Cardiff Electric, Casey's Wet T-Shirt, Carl's Deviated Septum, Bernie and Sid, Martha from Arkansas's Daughter, Ron and Bennington, and Fizz Watley, whose support of this show has never gone unappreciated. Listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel, SiriusXM channel 103s, Saturdays at either 6 or 7 p.m. Eastern. Sunday at either 5 or 6 p.m. Eastern. I don't know. On demand. Listen to it on demand. That's the best way to listen to it. That way we get credit for it. And other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules and podcasts and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps. Quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. Thank Thanks you. for having me. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Dr. Scott. Thanks, old buddy. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.